0: From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry, and today we're talking about women's ministry, and uh, my uh, guest uh, is uh, Elizabeth A. Tomlin, who has just come out with a book published by Ave Maria Press called Joyful Momentum, and it's a a handbook for uh, women who are interested in forming uh, your own ministry at your church or in the military, at your chapel, wherever that may be. Um, Elizabeth, thank you for talking to me today.
1: Great, glad to be here, Taylor.
0: Um, and uh, I've had a chance to kind of flip through the book, I haven't read it yet, but it's fascinating. It strikes me as not only a, a handbook full of practical tips. Uh, but also a lot of anecdotal information, a lot of uh, uh, personal information, with your years of experience as a past president of the Military Council of Catholic Women. Uh, so, t- tell me what motivated you to write this book, and what is uh, what's your hope that it will accomplish?
1: Sure. Well, I, I wrote the book because every time I visited a different a military chapel within the archdiocese to talk about their women's ministry, people would say, how do you do this? Or they would express that they wanted to bring more people into their into their group, but didn't know how to make the invitation in a way that would appeal to more people. Or they wanted to work more effectively with their priest or their parish coordinator, but they they needed ideas on how to do that. So I took lessons learned um working with the Military Council of Catholic Women and put them into a book that's um, composed around eight chapters that address a different best practice for every chapter. So um, and the personal stories in the in the book are some are mine and some are from from people that I've met along the way. Um, So every chapter is structured so that there's some personal story at the beginning of the chapter. And then there's a woman saint to whose life or work kind of mirrors what the chapter is about and church teaching intermixed and then a section called Momentum Builders and the Momentum Builders are really the practical tactical tools to incorporate the theme of the chapter.
0: I should also mention that uh, uh, Elizabeth you're the general counsel uh, for the Archdiocese uh, for the military services. Uh, you introduced a concept i've never heard of before and i'd like to elaborate a little bit on it what is koinonia did i say that right
1: oh koinonia <laughs> it is um, it's the it's a word for fellowship or community so in the early church communities they so koinonia i think is the is the noun for community and it's the word that's used in um, Acts of the Apostles, the second chapter, the verse where it says that the early church they dedicated themselves to the prayers to the breaking of the bread and they shared all things in common. And that idea of sharing all things in common is that the community so so my I incorporated that theme into the into the introduction of the book because our women's communities really should in our in our chapel communities for that matter really should look like the early church where people, break bread together, share things in common, you know, bread lower cases and sharing meals together but also the Eucharist together.
0: And um, what is it about women's ministry that's unique and uh, why so important?
1: Well, I think when you, look at, when you look at the history of the church, when Jesus was on the cross, the women were left with Him, right? The women went to the tomb um, on Easter Sundays. So the role of women has always been very, very close to close to Jesus and close to his church. And when I look at parishes that I've I've been a member of or military chapels that I've been a member of, you know, men certainly show up and our children certainly certainly show up to serve the church as well. But the women are always there, whether it's. Um, You know, laundering laundering the altar linens, or teaching religious education, or bringing a meal to someone in need. So, in in our lay capacity, whether well, religious capacity too for religious women, but the book is aimed towards towards the laity. We have a very important role in in that being that lifeblood of the of the church of the of the chapels that serves um, in a variety of capacities. So,
0: and. So it's described as a handbook, although we mentioned you also got a lot of interesting stories in it as Mm -hmm. well. Um, How does one use this book? I notice it's divided up into, uh, well, maybe you could better tell me, uh, tips, and then uh, uh, tips for getting started, and uh, then there's a ponder section of each chapter, uh, and then a, a yeah, What's so, the concept behind the organization of the book?
1: So I think women are we're created to be relational. Like we're just, you know, Mary found out she was pregnant and went running to Elizabeth. And so we we like to share. So the beginning of each chapter is a share section. And then there's an apply section which contains the momentum builders, so the practical tools um, to to incorporate into your women's group. And then because I wanted it to be not just a how to book, you know. One of the chapters, for example, is um, hospitality. I didn't want to simply tell someone how to do hospitality, but I also included a ponder section that has parts of scripture in it so that people can meditate on um, parts of scripture that really exhibit hospitality in a more so that they can they can contemplate it more um, more spiritually. I didn't want to make just a secular how-to book, but something that would also be, um, applicable for their spiritual life, so you could use it. Um, you could use the book in a faith formation group or in a small group study, as as the study for your group. So take a chapter week by week, or if you're if you're working hands on trying to retool a, mini- a women's ministry, and you want to, um, and you want to incorporate hospitality more, you could use the the book. Um, you could use the book chapter by chapter. So, I have a chapter on how to how to be more effective at outreach,ing or how to how to encourage women to serve with their with their charisms. I think a lot of times when we when we see a need in a ministry, we find a woman who has that skill set and incorporate them and ask them to use that skill set. For example, if you have a woman in your ministry group who is just who's a teacher. I think we naturally are inclined to ask that teacher to come and, and teach, teach the class. But um, perhaps the woman's charisms are more geared towards um, the corporal works of mercy, towards caring for the homeless or towards making meals for someone. So, um, so I have a chapter on finding a balance between encouraging women to serve with their, their charisms, their spiritual gifts, and, and also their skill sets, but not to, not to conflate the two
0: you tell an interesting story about how you got involved in women's ministry to begin with can you uh, share some of that with us
1: sure so the the very first time the very first time i was invited to a women's ministry i was in college and my my friend you know invited me so i so i went and they had everybody open up the bible to the gospel according to john and um you know i was grew up, grew up as a mass attending catholic and somehow didn't quite Grasped that there were three letters to John and a Gospel according to John, and I opened up my Bible to the wrong book, and they asked me to read, and I read from the wrong book, and I was mortified. But um, but the group was very gracious about kind of redirecting me, and it also taught me that you know as much as I love the church, I really needed to know more about the Scripture of our church, and so it inspired me to keep going back, keep to keep learning. Um, and so I think women's ministry, when done right, and when how I've experienced it is it really is adult faith formation as well. There's always a fellowship function and a social function to women's um, gatherings, but but this women's ministry for me was very much a faith formation endeavor.
0: And I think we all can learn more about our faith and, and about the uh, scriptures. I know I can. Um, so uh, many years now, you were the uh, president of the MCCW, the Military Council of Catholic Women, for two years between 2014 and 2016, right? That's right. And you obviously acquired a wealth of experience working with um, other women in ministry and getting groups started. Uh, Have there been any surprises uh, along the way? Uh, Anything that stands out as what you didn't expect when you were helping organize these uh, women's ministry groups?
1: Well, I guess two things. One, is that with our archdiocese being global and people moving around so frequently, I've been surprised at the number of times I run into the same people, but on different sides of the globe. So it's it's nice to see that people who have started working in a women's group at, say, Ramstein Air Base in Germany, are now working in a women's group in South Korea. And so it really helps make our archdiocese feel smaller when the community, when women keep keep staying involved um, no matter where they are in the in the world another thing that I found surprising is you know when I work in a women's group in a parish I usually think it's going to be a group about faith formation and supporting each other in, in a close-knit community but we also found with the MCCW that the ladies really had a charism for supporting our seminarians so they wanted to to help support the tuition costs of Seminarians from the AMS or seminarians who are co-sponsored by the AMS to and who will eventually become Navy chaplains. So with so with our um, the Military Council of Catholic Women, it was it was a surprise that supporting the seminarians was something they wanted to do, and it turned out to be an opportunity for outreach that none of us had really considered when we were just thinking we were running a Bible study. But it the, but our support for the seminarians in this archdiocese has turned into a scholarship from the MCCW to the AMS. So it's been, it's been neat to see how the, how the interest of the group evolved in ways that I wouldn't have anticipated.
0: Now we're talking to Elizabeth A. Tomlin, author of the new book, Joyful Momentum, Growing and Sustaining Vibrant Women's Groups. Where can someone purchase a copy of your book?
1: So it is available on Amazon. It's available at at Target.com, Barnes & Noble, um, and from Ave Maria Press, the publisher. So pretty much anywhere you can get books online, you can find the book.
0: Now, this is a fairly uh, substantial book, and I I know it's very difficult to sum it all up in a a short podcast here, but um, if you were to give us the uh, brief... (laughs) Uh, version, uh, what would your advice be to uh, those women uh, thinking about uh, starting up their own women's groups? What's your advice?
1: So I think step one is is considering women's ministry, considering any work for the church as part of your vocation. So I think anytime someone, someone starts to do work in the church as purely a volunteer, like they're going to, you know, they're going to give of their time. Um, but they're doing for the sake of doing. Then your work's going to fall flat. But when you consider how work in a women's ministry fits within your your larger Christian vocation, then then I think you've set yourself up for success because the two have to be um, your vocation has to your vocations have to align. Um, and I would say another thing is that the relationship. There are two relationships that you really have to consider when starting a women's ministry. And one is the relationship between the women themselves. And then the second is the relationship between the women and the pastor. And I, it's a little controversial, but I, I know a lot of women's groups and they meet at the local Starbucks because that's what's comfortable to them. But I would challenge them that if we are, if our women's groups are also serving our parishes, then we should be meeting At our parishes um where we have the blessed sacrament and since the eucharist is the source and summit of our worship um, we really do need to be meeting at the church and incorporating pastoral care into the into the women's group so i think two foundational things are one working in women's ministry is vocational and two um, the relationship with the pastor is essential because his pastoral care will help to keep the group on track
0: and you talk about the uh, vocation within a vocation in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about that, if you would. How is women's ministry a vocation within a vocation?
1: Sure. So, in in broad terms, our vocation you know the the vocation of any of any Christian is to kind of the foundation of the Baltimore Catechism, right? To know, love, and serve God and to be happy with him, him in this world and the next. I think I got that right, but I'm a little younger than the Baltimore Catechism. <laughs> but um, but if, if your work is aligned to furthering knowing, loving, serving God, then um, Mother Teresa, for example, was a sister of Loretto for a number of years before she received a very distinct call from God to serve the poorest of the poor in India. And so she went back to her religious order to her religious superiors and expressed that, that she felt a call within a call or a vocation within a vocation to serve the poor. And she was allowed to, to start eventually a new religious order, the Missionaries of Charity, so that she was still working within her vocation as a as a nun, as a religious sister, but within that she had a, a particular vocation to serve the poor and that was her vocation within the vocation. And I think with a women's group, a lay women's group, you know, we have a vocation as I'm a I'm a wife and a mother, so that that is my vocation. But working within the women's group also enhances the way that I know, love, and serve God, and so the the three kind of combine into into one.
0: I see, and so. Uh- in your experience working with women's groups with the military council of Catholic women and others, uh, what types of, uh, specific missions do they carve out for themselves or can they carve out for themselves?
1: So, you know, I guess the specific mission depends, depends on the charisms of the group, right? So, um, I hope I'm answering your question, but with, with various groups, you know, some women's groups want to be a a weekly Bible study. Some women's groups want to be a fellowship to help young moms. Some want to reach out to, um, to the homeless or to the elderly, and and some want to be an altar guild. You know, they want, they want to, to center their work, work around the altar, and that's good too. So, um, I think there are all kinds of missions, you just have to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants for your mission.
0: And your charism could be anything from your profession to your your talents, mm-hmm. uh, to your interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose that uh, there are as many uh, things that uh, a, a women's ministry can do as there are women who make up a women's ministry. Um, what about any kind of social outreach? Uh, you know, right to life activity, uh, those kinds of of out, forms of outreach is that uh, uniquely part of what a women's ministry would be about or could be?
1: Um, sure, absolutely. So there are, you know, this past month we just marked the March for Life in DC, and there were a lot of a lot of chapels from that have military councils of Catholic women in them that went and and marched for that, um, and if that was. You know within what that group wanted to do then certainly they could um but i, th- I think it's important to like to n- to know and understand our church teaching but also to know that it's okay not to do everything so some people might feel very called within their women's group to um, march for life or to to demonstrate or um, to participate in in some of the legislative um, activism that we see particularly around the march for life and some may be drawn more towards teaching, and that's that's okay, because we all have different charisms. So charisms are spiritual gifts, and the New Testament outlines you know, just some, so prophes- pro- prophecy, um, ministry, teaching, exhortation, which is encouragement, um, leadership, mercy, knowledge, um, administration, healings, and I'm kind of reading down the list that I had in the book, but mighty deeds, discernment of spirit, tongues, or apostleship, and um, if you're working if you're using these, these charisms then you can pretty much be confident that you're working where you're supposed to be working and and it's okay not to it's okay not to do everything. Um, I think sometimes we feel like we have to have the right you know the right Bible study and the right meal train and the right prayer chains and and it's, it's all good but nobody can do everything.
0: My hat's off to you for completing a book and publishing it. Tell me about the writing process. Uh, how long did you work on this book, and uh, were there any obstacles uh, you had to overcome? What was it like putting this together?
1: Sure, so I told myself, so the, the book is 192 pages, and I, I told myself in the writing process that you're writing 10 essays. You're not writing, 100, you're not writing 200 pages, you're writing 10 essays. And if I could convince myself of that, then I could get one essay done, and then I could think about the next essay. But if I thought about writing 200 pages, it wouldn't have happened. So that was um, one you know, strategy for writing it. Um, I think another challenge in it is that I, I pitched the book idea. So I approached Ave Maria Press at a conference and, and presented this idea. And there really isn't a book like this on the Catholic market I think our Protestant brothers and sisters have a lot more ministry tools like this but this isn't something that I've seen in the Catholic market before so I think um, my editor her name is Heidi Saxton and I had several developing conversations about how we would structure the book to communicate to a distinctly Catholic audience and to keep the balance between handbook but then also um, spirituality in the book, and I, I think we achieved a pretty good
0: balance. Yeah, I'll say. Just uh, looking over the book, the balance, as I mentioned earlier, is very interesting—a uh, combination of anecdotal information and steps, uh, recommended steps to uh, form your own uh, women's ministry. Um, and uh, so, well, how long did it take you? How long you've been working on it?
1: So I, I pitched the idea in. Okay, we're February 2020. I have to think.
0: We are recording this on February 3rd, 2020.
1: So I think I started writing it um, in February of 2018. Is when I first started to outline ideas, and then I pitched it in July 2018, and um, went into contract in October 2018, and then the manuscript was due. April first, 2019, and so once you submit the manuscript, a couple months go by while your editor works through it. And so I had an opportunity in the early fall to make to see the the first edits and to make some changes. And then they um, put the book in in the format we thought we were going to go to print on. And I learned that's calling that's it's called pouring the book, how the book is poured. And so once the book is in digital format, you can go through and review it um, and make. A few changes then and that happened in the late late fall november time frame and then it went out for reviewers and endorsements and archbishop brolio granted his imprimatur to it so that was something i'm very grateful for
0: what kind of a reaction have you gotten i notice there are a lot of folks who've read it and commented uh, about it
1: i've i've had very favorable reactions from it i've had um, women in chapel groups saying Thank you so much. We've been wanting a resource like this for a long time. And I've had um, fellow authors in the field or women women's ministry leaders who have reached out and and said how much they they've enjoyed the book and how they appreciate the balance between practicality and spirituality. So that was um, that was really nice.
0: I'm amazed. you have three kids at home. And uh, you're in the military, so that means that often, or you know, in, at least in years past, there've been times where your husband would be gone mm-hmm. for uh, what up to a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you find time to write a book in addition to raising three kids and and being a, a wife to an active duty military officer. How do you do it?
1: Well. <laughs> Well, thankfully, during the writing process, Greg was home for most of the time. Um, but some of the stories from the book were certainly drawn from while he was deployed. So I think had he been deployed for a year, I don't think I would have been able to write this, but he was home. Um, but I just i was I was diligent with my time. After the kids went to bed at night, I would start reading or writing, and I would read or write till ten or eleven. and then, Um, some mornings I would set my alarm for four or five in the morning to get up and have an hour before anybody else or an hour or two before anybody else was up in the house or before I had to go to work to do some work and it was just it was something I was passionate about doing and I was I was gonna get it done so you know after the kids go to bed in the evening you can watch Netflix or read or do email or whatever interests you and and I was very diligent for a good year of not Watching Netflix, but of um, reading and writing.
0: Sounds almost as bad as studying for the bar exam.
1: <laughs> Different topic, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I know you must have a, a feeling of great satisfaction to see it finally out.
1: I do. I do. It's. I'm. I'm proud of it, and at the same time, you know, my prayer is that it's useful to people, and that it it will be useful, particularly in in the archdiocese. So if it accomplishes that goal, then, then I've accomplished my goal in it. But it is, it is a little terrifying to put some, some of the personal stories in the book out into the world for everybody else to, to know about. But, um, but I, I think I, I'm comfortable doing it, but it, it's, it's interesting to, to put your, your work out there for the first time knowing that you know on Amazon, some people leave really nice reviews and some people will not leave nice reviews. So it's a little intimidating, but good.
0: Well before we wrap up here uh, for the woman who is listening to this podcast uh, thinking she would like to become more active in her church and start up a ministry what's your advice where to start
1: I would I would look across your pews to other women who are at mass and just invite them to get together um, to get together for a cup of coffee and have a conversation and just express that you'd like to start a women's group and ask if they're interested too. Um, you know, I didn't pick the cover of the book. The cover of the book is two women holding um, cappuccinos, and but I think that 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 cover is really kind of the perfect cover for somebody starting a women's group. It's, it starts with a simple conversation, and if you find a couple people who are who are interested in working along with you, then ta-da, you have a women's group.
0: And I'm sure that there's a certain amount of diligence, just like it took to write the book, to to keep things on track and uh, determination and uh, uh, d- a desire to serve the Lord in, in, a, in a special way would be among the, the things that would have to all come into play among others I'm sure right?
1: Yeah abs- absolutely a desire to serve a desire to serve the Lord, a desire to serve the church and also a desire if your group is going to be something to continue for a long period of time, a desire to encourage other other women to step up and explore their faith and also to explore, um, leading leading a group because you know we all have an exit point at some point, and to to encourage other women to to take ownership is is another key to keeping the group going.
0: We've been talking to Elizabeth A. Tomlin, who is a past president of the Military Council of Catholic Women. She is a general counsel here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services, and now author. And the title of the book is joyful momentum by Elizabeth a Tomlin you can get this book on Amazon and where else again
1: uh, ave Maria presscom um, uh, Barnes and Noble target Walmart on walmartcom I mean any any place you can get books online you can find it
0: thank you so much for talking to me today and uh, I wish you the, the very best on the sale of your book and uh, hopefully it will uh, encourage many more women to follow your example and get active in their church and to uh, develop uh, the women's ministry where they where they attend mass great thanks taylor